doing mind maps during the class or during the seminar or during the podcast is the worst thing that you could do, in my opinion. Hey everybody, welcome to the Live Your Legacy podcast. The goal of our show is to help you live your own legacy by connecting you to people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others. My name is Darius and today's legacy guest is a Grandmaster of Memory at the World Memory Championships and the Guinness Record holder in 2011 for memorizing over 100 different colors in sequence. Now this guy is a certified speaking professional who has trained the world's biggest companies in 19 countries like American Express, Qatar Airways, and Coca-Cola. Over the past two decades, he has been empowering hundreds of thousands of people on peak mental performance as well as learning and memory acceleration. Millions of television viewers have experienced him on the Discovery Channel, South China Morning Post, and many dozens of other media placement, media placements that I can't remember and probably he can remember. So if you're looking to learn 10 times faster than, faster than your peers, let me introduce to you the man who will take you there, Nishan. Welcome to the show, Nishan. Hey, Darius. Nice to have me here and uh, nice to do this uh, podcast. Thank you. Okay, let's dive in straight away on to where did this whole obsession of learning and remembering hundreds of digits of numbers come from? Yeah, that's, I think it's, it's an awesome question because I don't get that asked often. So I love this. <laughs> and the reason it started is because I was a person who had a lousy memory to begin with. And I was struggling even to remember a five digit number. You know, back then I'm from a place called Hyderabad in India. And uh, we used to only have five digit telephone numbers. And I was really struggling to memorize five digits. And I really thought that I had a bad memory. I couldn't remember things. And I started looking for ways of how I can improve my memory. And at that time, my goal was to only remember a five digit number. That's all, nothing else. But then I realized that, oh my goodness, improving your memory is like improving any other skill. Improving your learning acceleration is improving like any other skill, like swimming, uh, cycling, or doing a podcast. You need to know the techniques. And then you need to take a lot of action. And once you do that, you can really do uh, amazing, wonderful things. So with, that was my goal to really just improve my memory. I went from five digits to 10 digits, to 15 digits and 20 digits. And then I came to know that there's one person in India who actually has a record for memorizing a 1020 digit number. And my mind was literally blown away because I'm thinking, holy cow, I mean, I, I struggled all the way from five to 20 and now I come to know there's 1020. So, so at that time, only two things can happen, right, uh, Darius? Number one is you can think, okay, there's no way I can beat this guy. Or number two, to tell yourself having a growth mindset and think like, hey, you know what? If this person has done it, probably I can do this too. And you know, that was the whole obsession of, uh, you know, actually it's, it's not to show to anyone else, it's only to prove to myself that I can take my learning, I can take my memory to the next level. So of course, uh, as you can imagine, if I'm telling you the story, the end result is of course, I broke that record, I memorized a 1,070 digit number, and subsequently I memorized a 1,944 digit number. So the message here is, if I can go from zero to five to 2,000 digits, anyone on the planet can also do the same thing as well. Okay, and just now you mentioned about the whole thing of a growth mindset and really just doing your best to exceed whatever that you think you're, you're limited at. So that's really very interesting. I really love that idea. So what are the best ways we can use memory and learning acceleration in our work life? Okay, so 
so here's the thing. First of all, I think the most important thing is to have the belief that it can be done. Because, I mean, it, this is the thing, right? So many people, uh, there's something which is called as different levels of mastery, right? The, the lowest level is what is called as the unconscious incompetence. That means I don't know that a skill exists and I'm also not good at it. So for example, a lot of people, they think that, hey, you know what? My learning sucks, my memory sucks. And maybe that's the way it is because they are really bad, incompetent, and they're unconscious. I mean, they're not conscious that there are techniques available. So that's the reason where the books come in, the videos come in and podcasts like this, you know, your podcast, you know, helping people all over the world on different concepts. What, what are you doing? You're giving them kind of a consciousness that, hey, you know what, look at here. There are people out there who have done this and you can do the same thing. So then we go to the conscious incompetence. Oh, now I know there are techniques available, but I'm still incompetent because I haven't taken any action yet. And then of course, the next level is the conscious competence where you know the techniques and of course you're good at that. So the reason I'm telling you all this is, is very, very important because unless we believe it can be done, uh, you, you can't really do that. And of course, the ultimate level, we'll talk about that later in the, in the show, is the unconscious competence. That means you learn the technique so well, you, you're not thinking about it. And boom, you're, very, you're really, really competent in that. So the first thing is, of course, the belief. And the second thing, or probably the most important thing is, at the time of learning, you have to have what I call as world-class laser sharp focus because memory is a three-step process, right? I call it the three R's. You've got the registration, you have the retention, and you have the recall. So registration is, you know, for example, uh, people who are listening to me right now, listening to you right now, Darius. So they are registering the information. It's a storing information in your brain. But then the biggest challenge for many people is, hey, how do you retain the information? And then once you retain the information, and how can you recall it when you really need it? So you need to understand that registration is the most important thing. And the quality of your retention and the quality of your recall is usually very much directly proportional to the quality of registration. So that's the reason why. Here's my probably, I can tell you one of the biggest tips I can give you is when you are learning, first of all, freeze a time chunk. It could be 10 minutes, it could be 20 minutes, it could be th doesn't really matter. So take some time out, let's say 20 minutes, right? But that 20 minutes make it work. 100%, no distractions, no interruptions. When you value learning like that, and when you have laser sharp focus, you know what? Your registration is super high quality, which also means that the chances are very high that retention is good, and also it increases your ability to recall as well. So we've got the belief, now we've got the focus. And after the focus, the next thing is uh, you need to use some techniques because just by having a good focus, you can't really have a, you know, a, a world-class learning experience. You need focus to create a world-class learning experience. But if you want to really uh, learn and implement, you need to learn the memory techniques. You want to learn the, uh, learn the learning techniques. So we'll talk about that just in a while. I'm just telling you the framework first. Uh, after we use the techniques and the next thing is what I call it the output principle. Now, this is a game changer. Now, I can tell you that many people, I mean, how many times, Darius, maybe, you know, you, you read a lot of books and you know a lot of people who read the books and the audience that, you know, people who are watching this podcast, they read a book. Now, how many times Definitely. happens to you, you go to the bookshop, you pick up a book and you think this book is exactly what I wanted. You go back home and you never open it. Okay. Or sometimes. <laughs> I mean, me too. I mean, it happened to me in the past as well. But then sometimes when 
I mean, I'm telling you a very rare experience that, you know, people don't even open the book, but there's some people who open the book and they read it and then they don't finish the book. And the, and the saddest thing, and I will say it's a pity is many people, even though they read the book, they don't have focus. And the most important thing is they forget what is in the book. How many times I've seen when I'm doing a workshop seminars, people come to me and said, Nishan, you know what? I read this book last year and I didn't really remember anything. Now I'm going to go back and reread it again. And guess what? They're going back to chapter one, sentence one. So what a waste of time, right? So why this is happening is because when you are learning, it's not only just about learning, but also you need to do the learning is input and you also need to do the output. So it, this, is, this is what is, will totally change anyone's life. This is what I sincerely believe. And that is, it's not what you learn. It's what you do with what you learn that's what makes your life in a world class. So I can, you know, I can learn a lot of things, but what am I using that information for? Knowledge just for the sake of knowledge is not good. It's just static knowledge. It's not, I'm not benefited from that. So I've seen how many people, you know, they read uh, 10 principles of life and they're not even implementing one principle of life, but they just feel good. Hey, you know what? Look at me, man. I've learned the 10 principles knowledge of life. Knowledge hoarders, right? Knowledge hoarders. I think that's, that's you, you nailed it. So knowledge hoarding. So that's not going to work. So Belief is there, focus is there. You got to use the techniques and the most important thing, the last step is you need to do the output. So this is just the main framework and we can, we can go. Uh, yes, definitely. I would love to dive in straight away already. You mentioned about registering, retaining and recalling. So let's go into the registering first and let's yes. take the book example again. So you mentioned that input is one of the most important factors when it comes to memory and learning, right? It is. So let's take a book for example. Do you actually remember everything in it? Or like, what exactly do we have to pick up? Because sometimes we want to absorb, like what you say, there are knowledge holders, but some people really just want to absorb as much knowledge as possible because I don't know, man, maybe next time in the future, I'll be able to use it, right? So how do we go about uh, doing this then? Okay, so uh, this is what I differentiate when it comes to reading a book. Uh, so there are two types of reading, right? Number one is you're reading with a purpose. Uh, you know, I'm going into a new job. I need this new skill. That's the reason I picked up this book, right? So it's a very specific purpose that you're doing. So when you are doing that kind of reading, um, you, you need to be a little bit more uh, focused on the system. But the other kind of reading is what, uh, you know, people just do it for, you know, uh, challenging their mindset. So, I mean, you just picked up a book about mindset and then you're not specifically looking for a specific application. You just want to you know, increase your um, uh, references in your life uh, to learn just more ideas. So there are two different ways of uh, reading. Now, I always tend to go for reading with purpose. Now you see a lot of gurus, they're telling you that, you know, read a book a day or read a book a week. Now here's my point. That is simply a vanity metric. I read 20 books, I read 50 books, I read 100 books. So who, so what? It's not about how many books you read. I would rather read one book or rather I read one page of a one book. And if I implement it every day of my life, if my life changes, I'm a much happier person than tell hundred people that, Hey, you know what, you know, yesterday, this year, last year, I've read 20, 30, 40 books, you know? So, so that's, that's the, you know, that's, uh, so my suggestion is always to read with a purpose. I mean, when you, I mean, even if you, let's say, for example, one of your friends tells you, hey, you know what, this book is really good, man. You just must read it. And then we say, oh, I mean, this guy is telling, you know, it's got to be a good book, man. And then you go and you buy the book. So, and then when you read the table of contents, uh, here's my first thing that I would do when reading a book. Okay, I'm reading this book. What do you want to get out of this book? You need to have a goal from that. And once you have the goal, and I think it's uh, much easier 
to actually re reach to that goal. So coming back to your question that do you read everything in the book and do you remember everything in the book? It actually goes back to the purpose. If my purpose is preparing for an examination coming from that book, I mean, I better, you know, really spend a lot of time taking notes, remembering, revising, testing myself, doing all these kinds of stuff so that, you know, I'm really good because that's my purpose. But if my purpose is, you know, improving is learning a skill that I can use in my work, then I would focus on looking for those action steps in that book, right? I mean, I'm not really interested in learning about the key ideas or the main ideas. Of course, you need to take notes of that. But if, I'm not, if I want to learn a skill, I'm looking for what can I do? I'm not really looking at what are the main things. Of course, main things are there. I mean, everyone who reads a book, you know, you underline the main thing, that's all good. But again, it's not about underlining the main thing. It's about underlining the action items. What action can I take from this book? So I would rather read one chapter of a book and have three action steps and work on those three action steps and see some progress in my skill than read the whole book and then just become overwhelmed and think, holy cow, you know, what should I do next? Oh, maybe read another book for more clarity. So this is like the you know, shiny object syndrome, right? <laughs> so I know some people in sales, in leadership, they read one book, they're not satisfied, they read second book, third book, fourth book, and then the problem is they're still as bad as a leader they were four books ago. Or, or they're still as good as a leader they were. They're not improving, that's what I mean by saying. So, so, so your question is yes, read a book with purpose. If you're reading for an examination, yes, everything becomes important and that is where previous practice tests, all those things will become important. Go and solve them so you kind of understand what is it that is expected of you in the examination. But if you're reading for professional life, then I'm focused more on the action steps. Now, one last thing is my goal has never been to remember everything from the book because how many times, uh, Darius, you've experienced this probably that you read a book now, you learn something, you read the same book six months later and you pick up something else because your life experience has changed, right? So I would, I mean, I also feel that it's maybe not be humanly possible to remember everything in every book that you've read. So that's the reason why I have a goal. What is it, what is it that I want to get out of from this book? And specifically niche down your focus on getting that out of the book. I think that would be, uh, uh, that would be, so again, coming back to my previous message, it's good. I mean, this is what I like, uh, what Bruce Lee, uh, Bruce Lee said, Bruce Lee said, I, I will not fear the man who knows how to, who knows 10,000 different kicks, but I would fear the man who knows one kick, but practice 10,000 times. Same thing. I would I'm, rather be that person who learn one thing, but apply the heck out of it, than learn 100 things and just feel good about it. <laughs> And I really so that's, love that's, the fact that you point out like how reading, reading like whatever number of books is a vanity metrics. And I love that how you point out because it's a lot more on, did you actually apply whatever you have read in the book? If not, there isn't a point, right? Even if you read 200 books where you don't apply anything, your life is not going to change. So I really love that point. So now that we're done with more of registering, let's go towards registering and retaining, which is more of memory techniques. And this is the thing that probably everyone's looking forward to as well. So there are so many memory techniques out there, right? Like what loci method, pack method, even alphanumeric phonetic number codes. So what do you think is the best memory technique that works best for you? Okay, so great question. And I know there's so many choices of memory techniques right now, but here's the thing, because I have not only learned every memory technique available on the planet, but also applied everything in the last 23 years. And I can tell you one thing, it is not the technique that is important. It is the principles behind the technique that is what is important. 
because depending on the kind of requirement, you would need to use a different technique. For example, if I'm remembering a speech, for example, or if you're remembering something more complex, I would probably use the loci method. I mean, some people call it loci, but I, I don't know why I, I started calling it loci for a long time, so I continue saying loci. And I check the dictionary, you can actually say loci or loci, you know? Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> so I, I, would, I would use loci. So you could use a loci, L-O-C-I, uh, for remembering complex information. But let's say you want to remember numbers, then loci is no good. You need to use the alphanumeric method, right? Or if you want to remember something that is uh, in, an, in, in, in a sequence, like, you know, what are the 10 planets? Can you tell me what is the seventh planet? What is the ninth planet? In sequence, then probably a peg method uh, will be useful. So my point is, it depends on what is the requirement for you. But what is more important is not the technique, but the principles. And I'll tell you what the principles are. There's just three of them. The first one is attention. All these techniques, what are they trying to do? They are trying to help you pay more attention on the information that you are learning because attention is the key. And especially, I mean, this has been there for, for ages, but in today's world, with a lot of distractions, a lot of interruptions, attention suddenly becomes such a big, you know, such a big thing. It's an important necessity, not only for learning, I would say for focus, for productivity, everything that we do in our life. And I can tell you one thing, if you forget about everything else and the only thing that you would train in your life is how to be more attentive to things I'm doing right now, I think your quality of life will definitely go out because we have to pay attention in every second of our life. And if you can do that, that's much better. We'll be more mindful, right? So the first thing is attention. Uh, the second thing is association. Association is a very important memory technique. And again, all the techniques that you mentioned, every one of them, without an exception, they use association, which is the core. That's a core principle behind the techniques. So association simply means like this, you know, uh, you take the information that you already, uh, that you want to learn and you link it with something that you already know. I'll give you one of the simplest examples I can think of is let's take my name Nishant. Now Nishant is a very typical Indian name and you know, it's very likely that, uh, you know, most people, uh, it's difficult uh, to remember that uh, name like that, especially if you're not from India, right? So, so how do you learn it? So we use association and that is, think of something that sounds like Nishant. Uh, I mean, if you're living in Singapore, you know, you, there's a place called Bishan. <laughs> Nishant and Bishan true, sounds true. very similar. Or uh, if you're not in Singapore, because if you're listening from overseas, you know, think of the word Nissan, the car, right? So what's happening? Nissan is something that you already know Nishant is something that you want to know. Association means you link these two things. So maybe you can have a fun kind of association saying that, hey, Nishant is driving a Nissan car, for example. Now, is Nishant really driving a Nissan car? Now, how does that matter? We're just trying to make a, a, a kind of a, a association here, kind of attention here, and that's what matters. So the first is attention, next is association. And of course, the third one is action. And this is again, I already told you about in the book example, and the same applies even in the memory techniques example, because I've seen many people, they keep on learning different techniques, but then if you apply it, I mean, I'll just say a thing, just take any, any memory technique, big, small, complex, simple, doesn't matter, just take one technique and apply it 10 times, your life will change, right? That's where the action comes in. Because this is the beauty of memory techniques, right? And the beauty is they help you automatically to make you pay more attention. There's not a single memory technique where if you're using it, you, you will not pay attention. By default, the memory techniques force you to pay attention. So that's the reason why action is important. And here's the, uh, you know, one of the most important thing I like to tell you is uh, when it comes to improving your memory, oh, uh, let's, let's take this thing, right? 
So uh, Darius, you're doing this podcast, helping you know uh, right now thousands of people, and very soon millions of people, I'm sure. And uh, you're doing it, so you're you're learning ways of uh, doing this podcast. So if you want to be better in podcasts, what do you do? You do more podcasts, right? That's the only way you can become better. You don't become better by reading books about podcasts. You got to do this thing, you know. You've I, I'm sure you faced many technical uh, challenges, you know, uh, all that stuff, right? So you do it, you learn it, you rectify it, and then you move forward. If you want to be a good swimmer, what do you do? You swim more. If you want to be good in driving, what do you do? You drive more. If you want to be good in memory, what do you do? You train more of your memory. You remember more. But what's happening? People are not doing that. (laughs) They are not training their memory. Nowadays, what's happening? People want to learn something. What do they do? They write things down. Uh, or you know they they, they they type things down. Now, I'm not saying don't write things down. I'm not saying don't type things down, but don't do just that. You work your memory. If you don't do that, what happens is a beautiful saying, use it or lose it. So if you don't use your brain, you lose it. I mean, how many times, of course, uh, there is, you're very young, I'm 42. I've seen a, a world where there are no computers, right? I've seen a world where there are no mobile phones. So I can tell you, I mean, you can ask your dad or, uh, or someone uh, and they'll tell you back then people had a terrific, uh, terrific memory. They can remember telephone numbers just like that. Boom. Why? Because there are not many digital devices they can, they can focus on. They're using their brain most of the time, right? So the, uh, pe- pe- people naturally had better memory because why? Because they were using, use it or lose it. Now, the technology is a great gift. We can't deny that. It actually helped our life become more productive. We are, we are now like infinitely much better than our uh, forefathers and even our grandfathers for that matter. But then it also has its own limitations. You know, the technology is not helping us to practice the memory techniques. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, and remember everything in your head. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, hey, give some work, man. Give some work to your memory muscles. If, I mean, if you want to call it that way. So give some work to memory and the more you do it, the, the, the better you become. So, the short answer for your question, which is the best memory technique, is it depends on the kind of information that you want to learn. But the right answer is, it's not about the technique, it's about are you, use, are you paying attention when you're learning? Are you using association and are you taking action? Are you giving exercise to your memory? And that is what will uh, strengthen your memory. Okay, and you talked about you know, training your memory. You, tra- you thought of, talked about you know, just practicing and practicing. So what do you think are the best habits to to help us to retain our memory further? Yeah, great question. And uh, this is where I think the retention and recall um, uh, will come in. And uh, here's the thing. So I have this, uh, what is called as the output uh, principle. In fact, I have a, a membership uh, site called uh, the Output Club, where I know every month I help people to implement. I mean, this is not for the people who want to learn. If you want to learn, go to YouTube, read a book, don't come to me. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm here, I'm a person who will help you to implement the information. So that's what the output club does. But I'll just tell you the principle behind that. It's very simple. Learning and implementing is actually a four-step process, the way I see it. So there's input and there's output. And within input, there's one thing that is learn, right? That's what everyone does it. So you read a book, you watch a, uh, listen to a podcast, uh, read an article. That's what you're learning, 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 input. But then the the thing that really makes a difference and the thing that makes you shine, the things that outperforms the competition, that thing that makes you reach the top in your, in your, in your uh, you know, uh, skill, in, in your career, is the output. And output has three principles, right? So number one is reflect. When you learn something, 
pause for a while and then reflect and ask yourself this question. Okay, good. I've learned this information now. How does this relate to me in my life? Because certain things, for example, you're reading a book. Now, can you implement everything in that book? I don't think so. I and mean, some of it is not relevant right now in your life at this moment. So maybe you, you have to give yourself permission to let go of that because you don't want to cram your brain with, you know, learning everything. We, we want learning to use it to just get to the next level. And we don't want to be overwhelmed with information that doesn't serve us right now. So learning is good, but it has to be with purpose. I was explaining. So learn, reflect, reflect means pause and say, okay, you know what? Oh, today I've learned about all these things. How can I apply this in my life? So like, again, I was telling you, you're learning a new skill. So you can say, okay, how can I apply this in my life? Okay, okay, here, 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 or there, this thing. And the very fact that you're thinking about how you're applying, boom, that actually puts you in a different state of mind. Okay, so after you reflect, then you look at the information that you've learned and write down at least three or five action steps. And that is where the next step comes in, which is the implement. Okay, so you learn, you reflect, and now it's time for implement. This is the most crucial step for, uh, for mastery, for behavioral change. Learning is not going to help you. Implementation is what's going to help you. So you learn something and then you implement it and you say, okay, what are the three things I can implement? And then this is what I say, schedule it in your calendar. That's, let's say you're a very busy executive. You don't have a lot of time. No problem. So look at your calendar and say, you know what? Oh, you know what? Uh, this week, I only have like Thursday, only 30 minutes to implement because the rest of the week, I'm really super busy. No problem. 30 minutes, slot it in in your calendar and write it down to 30 minutes, label it as implementation session. The thing that you do in that 30 minutes is not learn. You've already learned. You already reflected. So the only thing that you need to do is implement, practice that technique. So that is the implement. And of course, the last step. So we got to learn, uh, reflect, implement. And the last step is share. How many times we, uh, uh, we heard this before? The best way to learn something is to teach it to someone else, right? So now what's happening is every time I'm sharing these memory techniques, guess what's happening? I'm becoming better at this, right? Because it's... Because now I'm saying something, you're going to, okay, why does teaching is good? Because when you're teaching someone, what happens is you have to be thoroughly prepared because unless you're thoroughly prepared, you can't teach it because when you teach it, other people are going to ask you some questions and then how do you answer the questions unless you really thoroughly, uh, you know, learn the information. Now, again, many people, they think that, oh, you know what, you know, I'm a very shy person. Uh, I don't have any teaching experience. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a trainer. Uh, how do you teach? So, you know, teaching is not for me, but they're making a big mistake. So teaching doesn't have to be a standard teaching in front of people. It could be simply discussing. Learn something. Hey, discuss with your spouse at the night, in the night. Or uh, on, on the weekend, discuss it with your children. Even better, if you've got children who are like 10, 15 years old, so you learn something like very heavy concept, like how to build a rocket, for example, <laughs> or I don't know, uh, how to be the CEO or how to learn the leadership skills. I don't know, whatever you're reading. So how can you explain it to your child who's only 10 years old? When you do that, you have to go deeper into the information. So you can teach it. Best way to do that. If you can't teach it, hey, just, just share it, right? Just, 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 just discuss it with other people. So uh, there is coming back to the, the question. This is the thing. This is how you retain information is by reflecting, implementing, and sharing. And just remember, how many times, this is my magic formula that you should always think about. That's what I tell everyone when I'm doing my events is this is the thing. How much time are you spending on input learning? And how much time are you spending on output reflecting, implementing, and sharing? 
if you're spending too much time on input and too little time on output, that only leads, not only you don't get the results, that's, that's a given, but the more dangerous thing is it actually overwhelms you and then you feel so fried in your brain that holy cow, I've been spending a lot of time, I'm not changing my life, what should I do? And then you get into that learning mode, you get addicted to learning, disaster. You better be addicted to taking action. So that is my take on that. So of course, learn. I mean, I'm the learning guy, so I would not uh, stop anyone from learning. But hey, you know, think about it. You know, what's the ratio? I, I would say at least one is to two. You learn for one hour, implement for two hours. You learn for 10 minutes, implement for 20 minutes. So that is what gets us to the next level. So uh, that's, that's my take on that, Darius. Okay, and now that we've done with more retention, you know, registering retention, let's go move on to the last one, recalling, right? And I think this is something that uh, tons of people don't really do because what we probably do is we do the work and then after that, a few days later, then we, oh wait, what, what, what? I can't remember what I did last month, right? <laughs> so let's talk about recalling, right? What are your best like habits in terms of recalling or helping to improve uh, recalling of memory? Absolutely. So again, I've got a, um, a full course on this. It's called Supercharging Memory Power, uh, the six module course, which actually tells you about registration, retention, and recall. But here's the easiest thing I can tell you right now that you can implement right today, the moment you turn off this podcast. Okay. And that is the first thing, the very first exercise I'll tell you is this thing. After you finish this podcast, before you do anything else, pause for three minutes. In fact, you can even time, put a timer, switch on the timer for three minutes and ask this question. Okay, today I've learned this podcast. I listened to this podcast. So what are the three things I've learned from this? The three is a magic number. That is what I said. This is for beginning. This is for people who are just getting into this thing. So three is a magic number. So, okay, what did I tell you? What did Nishan tell? What did Darius tell? Uh, not only this podcast, anything else. Okay, I learned about this. I learned about this. I learned about this. And specifically out of the three things, one thing has to be an action step. Don't say I learned about input. I learned, okay. Also think about what did Nishan say to do, right? So after this is over, let's say now you're in the train, you're, read, you're listening to this podcast, spend three minutes and recall the three big things that you can recall from this podcast. Now, then you go into a meeting. In your, then you reach your work, then you go into a meeting. And after the meeting's over, don't just go back and check emails and you know go to coffee and gossip and all that stuff. Wait, pause for a second. And then say, okay, what happened in the meeting? What are the three big things I can recall from the meeting? Now, here's the thing. Maybe you think that the meeting sucks. <laughs> it happens to most people. I mean, meetings yep, is like, I mean, it's been a research, yeah, says that, you know, meetings is like a huge waste of corporate time. But anyway, that's not the point. I'm not an expert on that. But what I'm, what I'm definitely telling is, however bad the meeting is, you are not thinking about meeting. You're thinking about yourself. You're practicing the recall technique. So think, okay, what are the three things I can, I, I can recall about the meeting? Okay, good. And then maybe you have a discussion with the client. You know, the client comes in, you're having a meeting, the client goes away. Then just don't rush for coffee or something like that. Just again, pause and say, okay, what are the three things I can recall from this meeting? So when you get into the habit of recalling, in fact, this is the thing, your learning session is not complete if you don't end it with a recall. I'll say that one more time. This is so crucial. Your learning session is not complete until you end it with a recall. What's the point of, you know, you learn, let's say, I mean, this the best example I can tell you, I think all of us, even the people who are uh, watching right now who are adults working professionals, that's one time in their life, they were students and they can definitely relate to this. How many times happens to all of us when we are in students, you know, when we are students, 
So, you know, we tell ourselves that three to four, I want to study. Okay, cool. So you go to three o'clock. I mean, just say, let's say that that's one of those good days in your life. And exactly three o'clock, you start studying. And then you're looking at the clock. And then you think, holy cow, it's only 3.10, man. Oh, still got 50 minutes more to go. <laughs> Look at the clock. Holy cow, it's only 3.12. Okay, then you finally push through that one hour. And then the moment it's four o'clock, what people do? Boom, they close the book, they pat them on the back, they feel so good. Yes, I survived this one bloody one hour of learning, man. And they just push it away and then go back to games. Disaster. What just happened is you spend that one hour. I mean, again, it's a question how good the quality of learning is. That's, that's a different thing. But let's even say that we have some decent level of quality, but you just messed up all that by just closing it abruptly, but not ending it with a recall. It works for students, it works for adults, it works for everyone who has a requirement of learning, which is of course every human being on the planet. So this is a technique, this is the power of three. What are the three things? Learn a book, close the book. What are the three things I learned from this reading session? Not from the whole book, from this reading session. I mean, let's say I spend 15 minutes to read 10 pages, seven pages, three pages, whatever that thing is. Okay, close the book, ask us what are the three questions. So, when you get into this habit, what happens is, I can tell you magic will happen in your life when it comes to learning because now you're not just that person who's just getting into the input, you're also doing the output. So I so believe in the output principle that you know I really wanna help people to output them, implement them. That's the reason why you know I'm, I'm doing my programs and you know, membership programs, yeah. So I uh, hope that answered your question, Darius. <laughs> yeah, thanks, that gives a lot of insight in terms of registering, retaining, and calling. I think the point is really more of implementing rather than trying to be a sponge and absorb all the information that you can get. Since now we're talking about the point of, you know, more of note-taking note and things like that, what do you think is the best note-taking way for someone to learn the best when they're studying like a course, a class, or seminar? Let's say right now I'm in like a seminar, I'm listening to you speak. How do I actually take down notes? Because sometimes the speaker might be speaking really fast or the teacher might be teaching really fast. Right. Again, so again, note-taking is like a whole big beast. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of things that you could do. Effective note-taking is a crucial aspect. Uh, you know, any person who learned something from the book and you know, got benefit from that, they invariably took some kind of notes somewhere. So here's the thing. So there is something which is called as uh, during and post-learning session. So, um, you know, you've heard things like, you know, mind maps, you know, some people take mind maps and all this, this cool idea. I mean, I have no problem with that, but here's the thing. My suggestion, again, this is exactly what I, I've, because I've teased this. I can tell you that doing mind maps during the class or during the seminar or during the podcast is the worst thing that you could do in my opinion, because what happens is, you know, at that time, your focus has to be on the learning and taking the key ideas and putting it down. Don't think about how this is connecting to here, here. That is post. That do it later. It is important. I'm not saying it's not important. It is important, but there is a place for everything in the learning framework. So at the time of learning, my suggestion is when you're doing the networking, at the time of learning, only separate your notes into segregate, sift the notes into two categories. Number one is the main ideas. Number two is the action steps. Uh, the action step is not applicable for students. Now, if you're learning from a course or you're preparing for an examination, the action steps does not um, does not come into play. Uh, so, if you're a person who's reading books, then or you're watching this uh, podcast or watching an online thing about you know skills and all that stuff, skill building, then yes. What are the main ideas? What are the action steps? So, but if you're a student, then I would just stick to the, only the main ideas, right? So. And that becomes so easy because all you're doing right now is you're listening to the uh, the speaker and then you're thinking, ah, that looks like a minute, just jot it down. Just jot it down. Again, 
people worry way too much of, you know, uh, should I write it on the left side of the column? Should I write it at the bottom? You know, should I write it in? The... It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is write it legibly so you can understand what the heck you're writing. Uh, that is very, very important because I know some people <laughs> who write something and they can't read their own notes and that is a disaster, right? So just write any which way, bullet points, short sentences, symbols, whatever it is you want to write down. But the king is, what are summary points? What are the action steps? Now that is during and after, if you're preparing an examination, I would definitely suggest uh, not just, not after every lecture, but after like one major chapter is over, I would just take all the notes from that chapter and then create a mind map. That is a learning session by itself. Now at that time, there's no input. At that time, there's only output. You are actually creating. It's something that's bringing out, right? You're interacting with the information that you already learned before. And then you create a, you know, you create a, what do you call, uh, a mind map you can if for examinations. Uh, but if it's not an exam, then what you need to do is look at the action steps and say, okay, first of all, review the main ideas and then look at the action steps and then you schedule it in your calendar. So I think that way, that is probably the best note taking. And of course, we can go much specific, but you don't, and also it's not easy to explain it on in a format like this. But yes, there are many other ways of uh, how you can do take notes. And of course, I do that in my events and seminars and my products. Okay, let's talk about something that probably people can implement right away after this whole um, podcast. Describe what is the perfect environment, let's say at home, since now all of us are, on, are quarantined at home. What is the perfect yes. environment for learning? What will it look like and what will it feel like? Okay, great question. Especially um, in today's uh, you know, world that we're living in. Uh, here's the thing. The perfect environment is what I believe is very simple. It's something that is free of distractions and interruptions. And you also exactly define what is the outcome of that learning session, right? So the learning environment is not just the space in which we are learning, it's also about the mindset. You know, uh, how are you framing your mind? For example, this is the thing, how many times happens to you or you know some people who have had like, okay, let me create the cleanest room on the planet. You know, you clear all the clutter, everything is good, so organized, switch off the Wi-Fi, put the phone in a different room and everything. No, I mean, it's like the world's quietest room right now, but then you're stuck there and you're thinking, oh, I don't feel motivated, man. So it's not, it's not really the environment. So environment is just a part of the game for sure. So it's like also think, okay, that is a given. You, like I said at the very beginning, focus is a very important thing. So the only way you can focus, let's say for example, uh, let's say I'm reading, uh, let's say I'm watching a video, okay? That is my primary way of uh, getting information right now, let's say, okay, in, in a specific session. So my suggestion, and this is what I do, is I would, uh, I'm, I'm using a Mac and I think you can also do this on a PC if you can. I, can, I actually split the screen into two. In Mac, you can do that. And one side is the video and the other side is my notepad. That's it. There's no, nothing else, no notifications, nothing, no 10, 10, 20, 30 tabs on top uh, and no notifications popping up. So again, the environment is also not the physical table, but also how your computer is set up, especially because a lot of learning these days happens on the computer. Uh, so first I'll tell you about the computer, then we talk about the book. So split the screen into two, one is the video, other is the, uh, the notes. And also remember, uh, very important uh, to, to, to speed up your learning session is to remember the, uh, you know, uh, the, the keyboard shortcuts, how to pause the video, if you can pause. So uh, if it's a live thing, of course you can't. So pause, take notes, pause, take notes, pause, take notes. So, or if you are, let's say for example, doing a, you know, you're learning a skill, like, you know, how to, 
uh, create a formula in Excel. So I've seen many people, they just sit there and watch. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. No, wrong, don't do that. So read the video, one step, open the Excel sheet, do it, do it. And then, okay, what's the next step? Do it, what's the next step? Do it. So that's, that's, what, uh, that's what I would do uh, for, the, for the screen environment. And again, it's, it's a given that, I mean, there are a lot of, if you go to Chrome, I use Chrome as a primary uh, browser. The Chrome has got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, extensions where, you know, you can block all the websites, you can block all the notifications. You know, the one thing that I use is block and focus. So you just put all the websites that you frequently go to, and then you just click on that button. And you know, we are so tempted, you know, because we've got, we've become addicted to distraction that we are learning suddenly just for the heck of it, we want to go to Facebook and see a notification. And then we just automatically, we go, we type in Facebook and then boom, the website will say, okay, get back to work. <laughs> so that's, so that's also environment. Uh, and the physical environment is if you really have a, uh, if you're living in a family and you know, a lot of people in your house, I think you need to have a good conversation. Hey, you know what? Just give me 20 minutes of peace of mind. I'm learning something very important. Don't come to this room for the 20 minutes. And because you can, uh, you can manage distractions like notifications and phones by putting it away, but you also need to learn how to manage interruptions because you know, you can turn off the Wi-Fi, but suddenly someone will come in the room, they'll ask you for something. Now, of course, it's not always possible to do everything, but I mean, we're just trying to look for ways of how we can manage as many things as possible. So the mindset wise is, what do I want to achieve from the session? Because one of the lousiest goal that anyone can have is, ah, okay, what's the time right now? Four o'clock. Okay, you know what? Four to five, I want to learn something. Lousy. You know, you need to know exactly what you want to learn. And in fact, if you're putting it on the calendar, don't say four to five is learning time. No, four to five is learning what specifically that time, put it on the calendar. So that's the mind frame. The second thing is a computer is I told you what to do. And uh, if you're not using a computer, if you're using a book, uh, or some other uh, document, then of course, I would definitely suggest that, you know, your table has to be preferably uh, have just the, just that and, you know, put the computer on a sleep mode because we have the tendency of, you know, going back to the computer, put the computer sleep mode, or if you have a different table, even better, go there, have the textbook or the actual book and have another notes. That's the only two things you have. And then Okay, now some people might say, Nishant, come on, is it not like you know going very prim going back to primitive, we're taking too much of attention, you know, is it required and all these things? Now here's the thing. Why do we learn? We learn to change our lives. That's the primary purpose. We learn to change our lives. Now, if we want to learn to change our if you're learning to change our lives, and if you want to take this kind of investment, I can tell you, I mean, I can just just look at me. I mean, I was a person literally with nobody, nothing. I didn't know anything about memory techniques, nothing at all. I had a lousy memory. I may have broken a Guinness record in memory right now, but I actually used to have a Guinness record in forgetting back then in my life. So I went from that just by reading, just by learning, just by talking to people, because my point is learn and then implement. So that's the reason why all these precautions are important. And then that is what will make you a person who can shine and then take your, all the learning becomes important for you. Now that's a really, really great answer. So guys, it's really important to not just learn, but also to reflect and then implement, right? Like what you say just now, um, you said learn, reflect, implement, then share, right? I really share. love that whole formula. So just one of my last few questions, right? Is right. personally for yourself, what are your right. best habits that helps you in learning acceleration? Uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, the, <laughs> the easy thing to say is everything I just told you because I implement them 
um, uh, inherently it's, it's, it's a part of my life but if you are uh, asking me uh, is it like one specific thing you're saying yeah one specific thing about learning something right yeah correct okay so what uh, is like your number one advice you would say uh, my number one advice is uh, if you spend x amount of time on input spend at least 2x of time on output that's my formula and i live by that and um, that is my best message i can give you and i i follow that in my life as well so i'm a person who is who believes in learning one thing and becoming good at it than learn 100 100 things and feeling just good about it okay great so where can we or the audience find out more about you and learn more from you Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I post a lot of videos regularly, um, usually once a week or even more on my YouTube. So it's, uh, it's in the show notes, I guess. You'll put a link there or it's, it's yes, Nishan. Definitely. Just go to YouTube and type my whole full name, Nishan Kasibatla. I'm the only one in the entire world with that name <laughs> as of now. So it's, it's Nishan Kasibatla Speaker is my channel name. So, or of course, you can go to my Facebook as well, which is uh, Remember Nishan, facebook.com slash Remember Nishan. Uh, of course, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but not very active yet at the time of doing this podcast. But hey, I need to catch up. You know, I'll be posting on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well, and the links will be there. Uh, and also my website, for those of you, I'm also a professional speaker. I speak to companies, I do keynote sessions, and my website is remembernishant.com. <laughs> okay, great. So what the last question is, what is the legacy you want to live in this world? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Just before that, I also have a... Uh, a free gift for your uh, viewers and uh, because I, I believe is that okay to say it right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, the, the thing is I believe a lot in routines because it's good to have a bunch of techniques here and there and learn everything but then what becomes more powerful is when you put all those things into a context and use them in sequence. Right. So what I have is a seven step peak mental performance daily routine that I use it every day of my life. So what are the seven steps that you need to take every day from the time you wake up until the time you sleep? What are the seven things that you do that actually improve your memory, improve your focus, improve your productivity and actually improve your peak mental performance? These seven steps. And I think there'll be links somewhere down below. You click that, enter your name and email address. Boom. You get the access to that seven steps. And of course, uh, we can implement them in instantly on the very first day. I 100% I know that your day will be much more productive than what it is in the past. So that's my free gift for your viewers, uh, for your listeners. Okay. Uh, so and uh, coming back question. to the last question. Yes. <laughs> what is, is the uh, legacy you, you want to, so what is the legacy that you want to live in this world? Uh, okay. I mean, this is like a uh, very serious, <laughs> very serious question. Uh, I mean, if I were to think about that, I would just say that um, I feel that people are not realizing the full potential of the incredible wonders that one can do with their human brain, right? So just like, you know, one of my teachers used to tell me in the past that, you know, Nishant, you can buy a Mac computer or you can buy, you can buy the world's best computer. You can use it to change your life or you can use it to just play games. It's up to you. The computer can do both. The human brain is exactly that. You know, you can just use it for changing your life and you can do great things in your life. So I think what um, I mean, what I would be remembered as as a person who helped people to realize their full potential and use their brain to the fullest extent possible and create magic in their lives. And magic comes from output. 
So that is that is what I would be. Uh, I would be probably uh, be remembered as the output guy, you know, helping people to do the output. That is where the magic happens. And I'm sure they'll remember Nishan since that's your website name as well. So <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Nishan. For those people who are looking more into learning acceleration, memory memory acceleration, all the links are down below. And this guy is one of the most proven experts in the whole wide world. And here's the thing. The faster that you learn, the faster you'll be able to fast track your way to success, right? So that's I honestly true. think that learning acceleration is one of the key and most important skills you can ever have in your life. So if you want to check out more, go and look at the links below. And then, yeah, that's about it. So till the next episode, guys, start living your legacy.